So good to see everyone. So the last week of June, I had the privilege of traveling uh, to Havana, Cuba on behalf of our congregation. And for me, that is literally going home. That's where I grew up for the first almost six years of my life. And I went there specifically to speak with Bishop Ricardo Pereira, who is the resident bishop of the uh, Methodist Church of Cuba. And we were talking about the expansion of our partnership uh, with the Methodist Evangelical Seminary, which is quickly becoming one of the premier seminaries for all of Latin America and Spanish-speaking countries. And so I've made a commitment. Let me just share the commitment that I made with uh, the bishop after I visited with him and visited with leadership of the seminary. And the commitment that I made was that um, we will come alongside of them uh, specifically for the next three years, and we will provide the operating funds uh, for their budget. Now, some of you may be gulping at that. Well, that's only $40,000. And so for the next three years, uh, we're going to be supporting them and encouraging them and giving them financial assistance uh, so they don't have to worry about that and they can continue to build the kingdom of God there in Cuba. Uh, the, the mission of the seminary is simply says this. I, I had the privilege of write, working on this. And it says, to place theologically trained pastors and laity in every corner of the island of Cuba for the transformation of Cuba. And so we were, we were talking, the bishop and I were talking about the uh, rapid expanse, uh, expansion of the, the, the seminary, the, the Methodist Church in Cuba, the Christian faith in Cuba, uh, and, and it's amazing what's going on. The Methodist Church is now in 99% of the provinces of Cuba and spreading rapidly. And so he said, um, one of the things that's happening uh, that we're excited about is the number of baptisms uh, that are occurring. And so uh, here's what happens. Um, you can see in this picture, uh, to, in order to be baptized, uh, you have to go through a one-year class in which you examine what it means to be a follower of Christ, you examine what it means to be a disciple of Christ, you examine what it means to be a faithful, devoted uh, follower of Christ in a local congregation. And, and when you go through that 12-month uh, uh, period of, of teaching and learning, uh, then you are eligible to be baptized, and all the baptisms are occurring on Easter afternoon. And so in this particular year, this past year, uh, the bishop's church, uh, which is uh, really nearby Havana, which is called Marianao, uh, he had uh, 300 people uh, that were ready to, uh, be, uh, to be baptized and they were all wearing these white gowns. I have another picture that I could not find of the, of the line of 300 people. They had about 5,000 people in worship. 5,000 of them were standing along the beach looking at the baptism of these people who were declaring their faith in a communist country where they could lose their homes, they could lose their employment. They were risking in order to have a declaration of faith to say, this is what I believe. And so uh, I, was, I was continuing the conversation with the bishop, and, and, and then he turned to me and he said, Tom, I was in the water with three other pastors. We had two teams of, of us who were doing the baptism. I had another group of pastors uh, right there where the uh, candidates for baptism were walking into the water. 
But before they could walk into the water, before they could come down to be baptized, they had to do one thing. And that one thing was they had to recite the Apostles' Creed. They had to have a declaration in which they would say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and they had to say the entire thing. And once they said it, then they could go into the water and be baptized. Now, friends, I'm just going to tell you that so often when we say creeds in the church, again, as Robert said, we don't do it so often in this service, but when we talk about our faith, and when I look at the, uh, the, 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 the groups of churches all around us here in Lee County and throughout the state of Florida and throughout uh, the United States, now what I find is uh, that people, when they stand up to talk about uh, their faith uh, or they declare themselves with a declaration, they say this, I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. It's almost like we're saying a lullaby story. And what's different with what is happening in Cuba uh, with the transformation of the island of Cuba in the spiritual realm is that what's happening is that when people stand up to declare their faith, that what's happening is they are standing up and declaring it at the tops of their lungs, and they're not whispering it, they're not singing a lullaby story. They are talking about a personal transformation that's occurring in their lives. They're moving from communism to spirituality, faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so the title of this sermon series is simply, What Do You Believe? And Why Do You Believe It? Is this something that you've just grown up with and you've never affirmed for yourself what it is that you believe? Is this something that you're new to? Is this some, is maybe this is the first time you've been in church or the, for the first time you've been in church for a very long time and, and, and you're saying, you know what, I'm not sure what I believe. Well, let me just tell you, I'm glad that you all are here. And I hope that you will be here over the next six weeks because I believe that in the next six weeks, you and I, we're going to be able to explore what it is that we believe and why it is we do it. Do this thing called faith. Because until you and I get it, until we understand it, the world, in the United States anyways, which is losing Christians every single year, we will continue to diminish until one day it fades away. That's not just blowing smoke at you today. That's reality. So I want to ask you, will you join me, please, in a six-week journey talking about what is it that we honestly believe, what is it that we honestly desire in our hearts so that we can become fully devoted followers of Christ? You see, there's two things that I'm usually asked uh, when, 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 when I'm talking about the Apostles' Creed. The first one is, where do we find it in the Bible? And the answer to that is, you won't find it in the Bible. It was a, it's a gathering from the early fathers, influenced by, I believe, the mothers of our faith. 
So you're not going to find it there. And the other thing is that the purpose for a creed is this. You might want to write this down. If you're brand new here, you might just want to take out the teaching notes you find there. there these are three D words, D, like in dog, three D words. Here's the first reason we say creeds. A creed will define us. A creed will define us. A creed will tell us what it is that we believe. It gives us the parameters around which we, around which we believe. The second is this. The, the, the creed defends. The reality is that back in the time of Jesus and the, in those early years of the movement of the church uh, throughout all of Asia and all of that land, that what was happening so frequently is that there were false teaching going on. So what we have here is we have a defense to the false teaching. And then thirdly, the last D is we declare it. We absolutely declare our faith. We say, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Are you with me? Okay, let's try that again. Are you with me? Yes. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. We're just going to do the very beginning part of the, uh, of the Apostles' Creed just through the part of talking about Jesus Christ today. So if you'll please stand, and I'm going to test you. How are you going to express this uh, affirmation of faith? How are you going to do it? Are, are, are people going to know that this is your affirmation of faith, or are people going to be standing next to you wondering, you know, maybe they're new to the faith. Maybe I need to be an encourager to them today. So however it is in your life today, I pray that you and I will be uh, full of the Spirit as we, uh, as we recite these words. Please join me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered in the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Amen? Amen. Please be seated. So I'd like to invite you to take out the Bibles that you brought with you, or you can look at the words on the screen, or you can find a Bible that's right in front of you. Turn with me to the Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. I'm going to begin reading with the 24th verse today, through the 31st verse. Uh, now, where this big scripture picks up is that Jesus has come, he's lived, he's taught, he's, uh, been, he's been crucified, and he's been placed in the tomb, he's been resurrected, and just before this uh, part of the scripture, he has actually appeared to some of the disciples, but there was one of the disciples that was not present, and that's, my, that's who I'm named after, and so uh, there's one that's not was not present, and now we get to uh, see what this character by the name of Thomas uh, says. So listen as the word of God is spoken. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have, seen, <clears throat> we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side... I will not believe. So eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And the door was shut. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
And then he said to Thomas, uh, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. <clears throat> so let me invite you to look at that scripture lesson just one more time. Look at the 31st verse, and in that 31st verse it says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the entire New Testament comes earlier in the Gospel of John. You see, we, we are told about the birth narratives in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke, but John really does not have a birth narrative of the Christ child coming into this world. It begins with words like this, chapter 1, verse 14. And it simply says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so what Jesus was saying to all of those people uh, that were there in that, in, that, in, that, in that region is that the word that you have been hearing about for all this time, the word that's been in print and the words that's been spoken, all these words, but the word has now become flesh in the form of a person by the name of Jesus. So let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. We know two things about him. One is that he was uh, fully divine, and the other is that he is fully human. His divinity is that he is the Son of God. But in his humanity, what we learn is uh, that he felt pain, just like you and I feel pain. He felt anxiety, just like you and I feel anxiety. He was weary. He felt tempted. He felt uh, the sense of alienation and isolation from people at times. Jesus Christ felt exactly what you and I feel like. It's just part of the humanity of Jesus. See, here's the truth. The truth is that God could have come into the world and, and given us, uh, um, um, God could have come in the, into the world and given us a real sense of, um, of ideas and only ideas. Uh, God could have said, okay, I'm going to give you this list of ideas and from this list of ideas, this is the way I want you to live in this, in this world. Or God, said, God could have said, I'm going to give you a list of beliefs. And just I'm going to give you one through ten, one, the Ten Commandments or the, or the Beatitudes. I'm going to give you these beliefs, and this is the way you're supposed to live. But, you know, God said, you know, it, it, it's more important that they learn something more than beliefs, more than just ideas. What's important for them to understand is that I came into this world. The God is saying, I'm going to come into this world in the brokenness of the world, in the chaos of the world, in the deepest, deepest darkness of this world. And God says, I'm going to come in the form of a small child. I'm going to come in the flesh. And in the flesh, I'm going to give them something that they need. And what they need is that I'm their son. I'm the son of God in the world. 
And so the, the thing that you and I must come to grips with is, do we believe that? Do you and I believe that, that God sent his son into the world? You know, many people, what I find when I talk to people, they, 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 there's, a, there's a sense of, well, we honor, we honor God. We, we want to honor God with our lives. Well, there's a lot of people that honor God. Do, do you realize that the Muslims honor God? The Muslims think that Jesus is the, is the prophet. They honor Jesus. The Jews honored Jesus because they felt that Jesus was the, transfer, the transformer of uh, the, the Jewish faith. Uh, Hindus honor Jesus because they think that he is uh, someone who is um, uh, the one who comes and brings blessings and gifts of peace to people. Uh, the, the, the Buddhists believe that Jesus is uh, the one who is very enlightened. So the question that I have for you is, where do you see Jesus in your life? How does Jesus fit into your life? Can you uh, come this morning and can you come to a point of making a decision that just like in the 28th verse of the scripture where, where Thomas finally comes down and says, uh, my Lord and my God. That's who Jesus is. And, and so the question that I have for you is, is, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Is Jesus Christ uh, the one who comes to transform you, to love you, to encourage you? How do you see, how do you experience Jesus, the Son of God? But then here's the one that I, I, I really love to talk about. Uh, Jesus is uh, the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. So this summer when I was on, on my renewal leave, I, I um, was in a very um, small rural part of North Carolina that's getting drenched with rain. It got drenched this summer, and I'm just praying that there aren't mudslides and a lot of other things going on right now in this region that where I was. Uh, but one day I went out to a, a, a cafe, small little hole-in-the-wall diner, uh, it was breakfast, and I just needed to get away. And so I, I went there, and, and I picked up their local newspaper, which uh, was about five pages thick. And, and, but I was very intrigued, and I wish I would have remembered to get this paper. But on the front cover of the paper, uh, there, there was a picture of a barn. <clears throat> and the reason this picture of the barn was there is that on the side of the barn, everybody in that community, I'm sure, uh, knows this barn but because the barn says Christ is the answer. That's what it says on the side of the barn. And somebody, just a couple days before that, had come along with a can of spray paint and, and wrote the question, what is the question? If Jesus is the answer, what is the question? And so the, you may be asking today, you know, what is the question about Jesus Christ in, in your life? 
Can you understand uh, that he is your Savior? Can, he, can you understand that the cross, the reason we have a cross uh, here in our sanctuary and in 99.99% of the churches, Christian churches, is because we understand, we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins. Do you understand that Jesus Christ is your Savior, the one who comes to bless you and guide you and, and, and give you peace and hope for your lives? Do you understand that every single thing that you've done in your past Everything. I'm not talking about just the big things. I'm talking about big things and little things. I'm talking about whatever it is in your life, that whatever it is in your life, that Jesus Christ is the one who has come to be your Savior, to the one who has come to redeem you, the one who has come to love you no matter what. Do you understand that? And so that is the, that, that is the Jesus I'm talking about, the one who is able to come and give you peace. So here's what I'm going to do in this series. I'm going to talk to you uh, today just about who Jesus Christ is. Next week again, the Holy Spirit. The week after that, uh, the resurrection, uh, life everlasting. No, I missed one, whatever that third one is. But what I want to share with you is that if all we do is talk about building blocks of our faith and don't talk about doing something with it, then it's nothing more than just words. So I want, to, I want to challenge each one of us in this six-week period of time to do something with our faith. One is that we challenge ourselves to come to a true understanding of each segment that we're going to be talking about, a personal understanding. And then after that, I want to encourage you to live something out, a way of living your faith out in the world. So today I want to just give you an example of that. And I'm going to show you just a very brief video about a young girl uh, who has uh, claimed her faith and wants to do something with her faith uh, that will be transformative uh, in, in, in the community where she lives in Louisiana and is something that we could uh, possibly pick up on here in our own uh, part of Southwest Florida. So take a look at this video. Girl on a big mission. <laughs> Seven-year-old Rosalind Baldwin has traveled all the way to the Windy City from Hammond, Louisiana. Thank you. You look just like me. To share her affection. What do you think of the cops in Chicago? Awesome. She's made it her goal to crisscross the country, hugging as many men and women in blue as she can find. Do you think police officers need hugs from time to time? Yes. How come? They love us. They protect us. And so what do you want to show them back? Love. Rosalind is the daughter of a minister. Where did you get the idea to do that? From God. After five officers were killed in an ambush in Dallas last year, she told her parents she wanted to do something. She's already delivered her personal thank you to cops in 16 states, from Louisiana to Florida, Oklahoma, and beyond. Her ultimate goal is to hit all 50. She says she's a little girl and she has a big heart, and yeah. so... I didn't want to devalue her mission of love. Officer Mike Carroll not only got a hug, he got to babysit Rosalind's little brother. Thousands of miles from home to give a hug to a cop. I mean, it, it truly means a lot. There you are. I'm glad that she has our backs, and it's amazing for her to be as young as she is coming to our city and going to other cities as well. See the light? That light too. A second grader walking the beat, so those who serve and protect can feel the love. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News, Chicago. 
So will you all join me in welcoming Rosalind Baldwin? So, so she's taking her faith and putting it into action. And uh, we're so glad that she could be here for the Law and Order Ball last night. And so, Rosalind, uh, tell us, um, you are eight years of age, right? Mm-hmm. And w what, what made you want to do this? God, he told me to do this mission of love. <laughs> How this first happened is I heard a voice and that our heroes were getting killed. Yeah. I was walking in the kitchen and I heard somebody call me. I asked, if, I asked, has anybody called me? No. It was our Lord, our Savior. God. So, so God just came and, and really called you by name saying, you know, I've got a mission for you. Is that right? Correcto. Correcto. <laughs> so. How many states have you been in now? 35. No, it's 36. 36 now. All right. And so we have, we have a, a, a living servant of God before us who is eight years old. Still eight. You're still eight, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. still eight. Okay. And she is making a difference in our world. So, Rosalind, tell us one more thing um, that you think is really important about uh, what you're doing. I think it's important that I hug the police officers and they also need more love. All police officers aren't bad. Most are good. I want you to know that. Amen. Amen. So God is calling us to be a servant. And so today we believe in Jesus Christ as a servant of God, we believe. And so I just want you to know that um, uh, Rosalind is here to be a challenge. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Robert to take Rosalind out to the lobby so you all can come by and greet her and uh, get a cup of coffee and just have a cup of water and juice and all and just have some time with her. Uh, but I just want you to know that uh, this is someone that is standing before you who heard the voice of God in her life. And I think that God has uh, uh, your name in his mind as well. It's God's mind. So thank you. And thanks be to God for Rosalind. Amen? And I believe Angie, and Mom Angie is in the back of the room. She'll be back there also. So I just want you to go by and uh, see all of them and little brother. And uh, glad that you all are here. Amen? Amen. Pastor Robert. So will you all just uh, stand up, please, and let's uh, have a benediction. And then I'll invite you to leave so we can get the next group in. Um, receive this blessing. May God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you. May the name of Jesus Christ be risen above all other names. May you experience the presence of our Savior. And may you too claim a message today, not only to hear the word, but to be doers of God's word today and all your tomorrows. So peace, shalom be with you. Amen.